0: Should I need to make sure I don't move too much with that, do I really? Yeah, that's good. Cool. Okay, so good, uh, good afternoon. This is the second stage of our Business Builder podcasts. Um, this one's going to be all around raising business finance, which is obviously really important to most businesses as they're looking to grow and scale up. Delighted that we've got Simon Boyson from Gateway Commercial. Um, so very quickly then, Simon, in 30 seconds, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, Gary, commercial finance. Uh, I'm pleased to say, has just celebrated its third year um, since opening. Uh, we are the premier northeast uh, supporter of business in terms of business finance and raising. Um, since we opened in August 2014, uh, we've helped support business with nearly 80 million pounds worth of funding and with about 35 new jobs in the northeast. Excellent. So, th- uh, being an
0: expert, then Simon, usually the some of the first places we start. What are the main challenges that that, that business owners are are finding right now when they're trying to raise finance?
1: Um, I think there's a big issue in terms of there's two areas. There's fundamentally there's the business owner themselves understanding what it takes to obtain finance, and the banks in terms of getting their finance. Um, In the last four or five years, or in the last six seven years, we've seen a fundamental opening of the funding markets in terms of helping business in the commercial world, Um, particular. Uh, when I started in business in uh, RBS some 15 years ago, um, the access to funding was very limited, perhaps maybe to the top first tier banks, your RBS, HSBC, etc. Whereas nowadays, we can access nearly 300 different funders. <laughs> A lot of those funders, you wouldn't hear are in the marketplace or on the high street.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so
0: how the hell does somebody who's looking to raise finance and thinks oh no, I've got to go to the bank. Mm-hmm. Then the, maybe the bank tells them no.
1: How do they then go and access these other 299 different funders? I've, it's, it's having a specialist on board. yeah. Someone who knows the market actively and is constantly in touch with all the funders ava- that are available yeah. in, an, in, in the marketplace. Their credit uh, backgrounds change all the time as well. So one week they may be into property, the next week maybe into trading businesses. And keeping up to that date is part of my job as a finance specialist to help mm-hmm. businesses get the right solution so kind
0: of the flip and fundamental change from traditional banks first tier okay there was a bit of an appetite for private equity and mm-hmm. all those and in the northeast we had a bit of grant funding now it's fundamentally changed so what are the common forms of finance available now now that things have changed so much
1: yeah i, I... I think the products out there are, are, aren't dissimilar from what we've seen perhaps pre-2008, 2007. Yeah. It's the way that they are now uh, provided to the customer. So a lot of it is based on risk-return. So the lower pricing model that the main banks uh, have on the high street is for a low-risk, low-return proposal. So your um, funding will generally be on low rates, mm-hmm. low fees. But to get into that sort of market, you really need to be in your top 20% of businesses in the UK, maybe 30%, to access that funding.
0: So go on then, tell me what that means then. How how, how does my clients, how do I get to be
1: that top 30? What what are the key things? The key things is basically about cash. Yeah. As you will tell most of your customers, yeah. cash is key. Yeah. Uh, cash is king. Um, in terms of being able to create tangible net wealth, to have cash in the business, you um, I would have to say that a lot of funding has been over the last five years geared to people that perhaps didn't need the funding because they have cash in the business. Whereas, and those are the people the banks would like to do, bills with, do business with, they're low risk, have cash, and are able to actually pay back the debt with confidence.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you, so you've talked about the, that product for the 2030. Mm-hmm. What about the main majority? And what the, you know, how do you mention that things have changed about? how that funding's been given from the traditional banks where do those other 70% go there?
1: So there's a lot of funding out there available for for the non-traditional ways of funding such as crowdfunding crowdfunding in particular is is, is a big um, growth of uh, accessible finance for businesses. What does it is. mean?
0: Sam? What, you know, oh. everyone talks about this word "crowd."
1: What okay. does it mean? It's generally to put it into its term, it's a crowd of people yeah. that invest in your business yeah. uh, at minimum risk themselves. So, say for example, on a fifty thousand pound loan, uh, you might just get Mrs. Smith, who has, uh, who is self-employed, who wants to put five pounds towards your loan, and all of those collectively are grouped together until they actually reach the amount of loan that you want to borrow. It's then released. And the crowd fund, the the people who lend you the money, the crowd, they earn money from the margin. The uh, people that control it, say Funding Circle as one big name in the player, one big player in the marketplace at the moment, uh, will take a fee from that, and then money is paid back over a certain period of time, and therefore providing access to funding for for the business. Very good.
0: And I'm assuming that for that 70% of people that we're talking about, that rates... Slightly higher than than you would get at the bank?
1: uh, Rates will be slightly higher. Mm -hmm. um, But the benefit will be the fact that it is potentially unsecured. So you don't have to risk your house or your security uh, to be able to access this sort of finance. Uh, A majority of the terms tend to be up to five years only. So whilst Funding Circle and the other crowd funders out there are very good at terms of providing this sort of finance, it does have its limits depending on what you want as a business. Mm
0: -hmm. So process, similar to that if you were going to be getting money from from a bank, is it? Or?
1: Process a lot easier. Right. Uh, process can be, uh, funds could be attained in, in less than 10 working days. Oof. But that's only available, I would suggest, coming through an intermediary who understands the system to put it in place. Yeah. Um, the actual funding circle or the crowd funders, their actual turnover or, or success rate of achieving funding isn't as, say, great. Mm-hmm. Isn't as great as, say, some of the main funders. Uh, partly because uh, a lot of businesses go there and they don't really understand what they need to do to obtain that funding. Mm-hmm. So it's best if they come through an intermediary who understands the system, understands to, how to work with the client to build a business plan that you can then access the finance from the crowd funders. Because once you get it wrong first time, it's very difficult to get that overturned. But that's the same with any lending proposal.
0: No, it's really interesting. It's probably a good place to go into when you, you talk about that business plan and, and going through an intermediary what information do, you know, do, do people need to provide? Because not a lot of people like the idea of writing a business plan because no. the assumption is that it's 50 pages and, yeah. it's gonna, and they can't write it and they're going to need to pay money for it. What would you say, if you know kind of the key bits of information that people like Funding Circle owners need then?
1: Okay. I mean, I've been in banking for 15 years myself and uh, I've worked from smaller businesses up to uh, 250 million t- turnover businesses. And one thing in terms of the business plan is when I got a big business plan on my desk that was 60 to 100 pages it was too much mm-hmm. to get a real sort of flavor of how the bank are looking at it I was I would suggest no more than three to five pages in total in regards to obtaining a finance mm-hmm. and that's to give the bank a flavor of what they need because other than that they'll come back for more questions but just basically non transactional transactional information which is your background your details what you're looking for, you don't have to do a SWOT analysis, Mm -hmm. but as long as you have a fundamental understanding of the industry you're working in. But the main thing is is cash flow, forecasts, and also where you've been. So if you have got uh, accounts that you can show, that's really great forecast as well because mm-hmm. it shows you that you have an understanding of the finance and the management of the business.
0: So you're kind of talking business plan which tells the story, yeah. forecasts that say where we're going to go and the accounts themselves tell us where we've been so that kind of gives us a bit of a, a back background. Absolutely. Okay, really interesting. And going a little bit back to the original 20-30% who can mm-hmm. go to the bank because when we speak to banks they quite often say that they're open for business. Mm-hmm. The concern that we sometimes have and our clients more importantly is they, they worry about security. Mm-hmm. they've built up a lot of wealth mm-hmm. and that's usually in the case of houses or some type yep. of assets and their assumption and concern is that if they're going to get some finance that the bank are going to want them to take personal guarantees security against all the assets as well that they've built up is, is that still the case or is that actually a myth
1: no I mean since 2008 um, there's been a, a dramatic drive to debt servicing yeah. so the banks calculating on and if you're putting debt into the business, how the business will repair it. I remember in banking up until 2007, whereby as long as you had an asset to put the security on, anything went. It was very different days back <laughs> then. Um, but nowadays, it's a bit of it's a mixture of everything. Um, and this is why it's so important to get an advice, whether it's from your accountant or from a specialist. Because in terms of putting that debt in the business, they, the, the bank will calculate on... Um, some debt servicing covenants so to put a bu- bit of buffer in place to make sure you, you can repay it they'll also look at what your personal net worth is what are your outgoing so if you've got kids that need to go to private school they'll take that into account in terms of whether you can service not only the debt but also your uh, your personal requirements mm-hmm. plus actually the business performance as well I watch the cash I think probably a lot of people might have heard the expression EBITDA mm-hmm. um, but you don't have to know too much apart from the fact that go to a specialist because there's several ways in terms of obtaining funding. Um, and just to go back to your point in terms of that thirty seventy, I still say the prime banks are still very good at lending finance. And there is a grey area. So I'd say more of your sort of like coverage of you know, maybe 60 to, to 80% whereby there is still available finance from the prime banks. It's just about how you pitch it to them. And it's making sure you pitch it correctly before you get to the bank manager
0: that's really interesting because because a lot of people's assumptions is that oh, I can't go to the bank I don't have the assets or a couple of years ago I went and they said no so I'm, you know I'm not available and in, interesting to go on to that point you talked about the different products and maybe you know the, the, how you how you package a, a, an opportunity we constantly get the clients coming to us saying the banks maybe don't want to do a Loan or an overdraft, but the one has put us on a factoring facility. Right. Okay. Um, just explain in kind of as simple terms as possible, as it can be, what, what actually does that mean
1: then? Okay. Uh, since 2008, the banks were wanting to get away from a overdraft facilities for most of their clients. Uh, the reason was this is because of the Basel um, International Agreement, whereby the banks themselves have to put more cash available on their balance sheet to be able to provide you, me, us business lending. So, if, say, for example, you have an overdraft uh, of £100,000, but you don't utilise it, it still means the bank has to have up to four times that amount on their balance sheet just to cover it. So, in effect, it's not actually earning the bank that much money. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of the business itself, they like to put it onto an invoice finance facility. One, it earns them more money. But secondly, there's also a little bit of security there that if the bank were, or if the business, sorry, were to, um, anything to happen, it would go into administration then basically they've got the security of the debtor book, which mm-hmm. is what the finance is over.
0: And effectively it is, an invoice is raised to customer A, and the bank, because customer A takes 30, 40, 60, sometimes 90, 120 days, the customer, or the, the, our client gets that money upfront, or part of the money upfront, is that right? And then they charge interest or charges you know yeah,
1: absolutely. Saying. I mean, basically, it's a, as we have said before, we've heard that term, cash is king. Yeah. It's a way of creating cash in the business. When you're expanding your business, cash may be lean, but be able to create cash from 30 days down to zero uh, and help to actually maybe buy more stock, to pay suppliers, etc., to mm. help the business grow. Um, in terms of the invoice finance um, industry over the last eight years, it has changed massively. And there's a whole load of new suppliers. So the old terms of invoice finance, maybe 30 years ago, was, was sort of a dark and very dirty world where it's a last chance saloon yeah. in terms of obtaining finance. Whereas now I actually see it as a positive way of actually growing a business because it really does help into, well, with some of the products available to them, can really help the businesses out there. I had one customer in particular, which I'll use an example, um, took on a big contract with uh, BP. Now I don't know if you know that BP's terms are up to ninety days in terms of payment. Now that one business um, and their contract BP was represented nearly thirty percent of their new business moving forward. Yeah. Now creating that cash hole in the business was going to be absolutely, well, was going to be difficult for the business to fund. So we found a solution actually, where we actually found an invoice finance company that was just prepared. To do invoice finance against the BP contract and left the rest of the debtor book alone. So so, so
0: uncommon, or was anyway, wasn't it? Whereby absolutely. It had to be all,
1: all the debtors ledger Everything. had to go through. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And it, it's also kind of good to see that people like market invoice whereby, because mm-hmm. the 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 historic concern for most clients was that I don't want to get into a, an invoice discounting or factoring facility because yeah. I'll never get out of it. But great to see that there are people in the marketplace now that will just potentially fund an invoice. Absolutely. Which okay, you might pay higher interest, but that, that's that's great to see that the kind of industry is you know revolving and, and really evolving. Sorry, you know, alternative to, to 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 suit the type of customers. Um, okay, so we've talked a bit about the challenges that they face, and uh, you know, interesting to get your point around. There is that element of business owner education. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what information do they need to provide and, uh, and yeah. where can they go? You talked a lot, you know, a, a bit around the other bit is the challenges of what finance is available and understanding of 300 or so new funders out mm-hmm. there and probably always changing still. Always. You know, we've now found it'd be interesting to get your views on some of the challenger banks. So, in the northeast here, we've got Atom. Which is making some big noises. What, how do you think that, that people like that might change the, the, kind of the, the course of, of, of funding? Or, or was it too early to say at the
1: moment? I think um, it's too early to say. Um, if I was to put anything on the line, I would say slowly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of the challenger banks, um, having been part of one, I was part of the formation of Williams and Glynn, separating the RBS brand out, going to market some years ago, a couple of years ago. Um, and we thought ourselves at the time as a challenger banks. Um, challenger banks are—they have a very, very quick um, intro into the market, and all of a sudden there'll be lots of deals going the way, and all of a sudden it'll be slowing up because there'll be a lack of funding. So then the sort of breaks will go on, and, and things will go a little bit smoother. So I don't think there's any. When people talk about challenger banks, I think it's wrong to see them as uh, there's a vast pot of money that these banks are available to give. Yeah. There's still a process. There's still a credit requirement. There's still a calculation in terms of debt servicing costs. Mm -hmm. I think when you talk about challenger banks or challenger funders, um, generally the funding out there is, is literally priced on risk. As I said before, low risk, low return, your high street banks. If you want access to money whereby... There may be some issues or some cash flow issues in your business. There's funding available out there. You're just going to pay more for it. That's that. That's the the simplicity of it. So, um, depending on, on what the requirement of the business is, and whilst interest rates on the whole are very low, um, you know, ten percent above Bank of England base rate five ten years ago sounded like a lot of money when your bank, when your average base rate was five yeah, percent. Yeah. But nowadays, when with with waste rates so low. That eight to ten percent of our base doesn't sound quite as expensive,
0: and that's a good, probably a good good place to have a quick chat about that. That what 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 range of rates are you seeing right now? And I know it's probably subjective, but just so again, some of the guys who are listening to this okay. can have an understanding about if you really want finance, you can get it, but there's a price.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So very difficult to put on the spot. I've yeah. seen rates as you know, I talk flat rate as opposed to APR okay. because I think that's a better way of doing it when you're talking about rates. Yeah, because APR, it's just related to the term. So in terms of rates, I've seen anything as low as 1.85% above base for secured, vanilla, grade A uh, requirements. Nice and simple, nice and simple you know, really yeah. good history. Commercial mortgage, was, yeah. asset base, yeah. etc. And i say seen rates for unsecured lending for as much as 24%. Mm-hmm. But they had CCJs, there were issues, and there wasn't much cash in the business, but they had spiked on a particular contract that would get them out of trouble. So for them, there was a cost, but the cost was affordable because it allowed them to grow the business. Mm,
0: that's really good because it kind of does. It does show with that that despite those challenges, so probably CCJ, no asset base, but with decent bit of information in the plan, Absolutely. some good forecasts. Sometimes, not even with a huge amount of financial history, there is still funding. But you have to appreciate you're going to pay decent decent rates for it. Absolutely, that's really really good. So, just kind of reiterating, we've got information needed from a funder. So we've realised that actually there is some good availability but Mm -hmm. you've got a bit of price to pay. You put a plan together, it doesn't have to be 50 pages but it has to be pretty succinct. Um, Forecasts, financial information, really, really important. So someone comes and says, I want some money, I want to buy some kit. How long will it take roughly? And I know again it depends on each different case but if someone's got no information at all in terms of business plan forecasts, how long do you typically think that it takes from? information through to maybe getting a deal if it's if it fits anyway. that's putting me on the spot that as, well. adjust. <laughs> um,
1: it, as i said it really does de- does depend on, the, on on what type of deal it is so whether it's secured whether it's asset finance but it could just be on a machine on a machine so i've seen on you know a car you could fund it within i don't know five to seven days yeah. security in terms of buying a commercial premises can be anything between six to twelve weeks maybe 18 weeks depending on the on the property. I've also done uh, SIP lending, which is uh, lending um, to uh, people with, with, with pensions who are buying commercial property with a pension. Mm. Um, I've seen one that's gone on for 24 months. So um, to put a, a time, date on everything really does depend. I think if you're going to go to one bank and you're going to do it yourself, invariably, percentage-wise, it will take you longer. Yeah. If you come to an expert specialist who will go for the, in, a, in less time to three or four banks to obtain terms then it will be quicker for you. And that's why I always say go to a specialist.
0: And, and, and without it sounding too crude, that Simon, is that, is that mainly because you understand the process, you understand the information that the people are going to need, and therefore the people who are receiving the information don't have to trawl through <laughs> everything Absolutely. to find the, the, the key ratios and stuff that they need?
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, the key. I, mean, I can't speak to how my competitors work, yeah. but, but at Gateway Commercial Finance, relationship management is, is key to us in terms of how we support our customers. So we see ourselves as very much a trusted advisor in helping businesses get their finance. So when it comes to, comes to that, um, the debt servicing requirements for all the banks changes randomly on a on de- daily basis, depending on industry, depending on what type of, of what they want in terms of on a day-to-day basis. So therefore, when you come to uh, one of myself, one of my relationship managers at we we basically analyse the business. Um, we put everything into an application and then send it off to numerous banks for you on your behalf. Uh, what that does, it just saves time and makes sure that we have the correct information that the banks want before it gets there. And it makes the, the whole process a lot simpler. Uh, so, if, so
0: literally, do the banks sometimes change on a weekly basis or daily basis the appetite for particular, particular funding? Absolutely. So how is a customer supposed to
1: know well, that? And I, I was—I'll um, give you a very brief example. Yeah. Um, I was given a referral by uh, one of the banks. Uh, they couldn't help the client, and they wanted to raise fifty thousand um, pounds. And uh, they were a pub in the northeast. So um, I raised fifty thousand pounds for them. They had the money within two weeks, which we did through crowdfunding. Um, it then had a phone call from the R for the relationship manager who sent me that deal uh, about two months later, saying their credit policy had changed. And they were now able to help that customer for the same fifty thousand pounds. <laughs> so um, we got the loan repaid, and they went back. I mean, it was, it was great because the customer then actually did what they needed to do at the time. But we were able to switch it out back into that uh, in, into the bank. Uh, the credit policy had changed, and then basically they were on the better better rates, better rates, at better well. rates yeah.
0: Absolutely, right. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? I suppose the positive nature of that is that the business owner had something that needed to be done there, and then you yeah. got finance. Lucky that actually then the bank themselves changes, you know, but then it does show there is an opportunity to then kind of get get a reduced cost. I I, I didn't know that. That's that's really interesting. So just to kind of just to to recap again then. So we're talking about there is access to finance. Yes. You know, whether that's that you're at the the top 20% or or the 80%, Mm -hmm. it's just that you pay the price depending on on where you're going to go. What it sounds like, and we haven't even gone into the detail of of the different types of funders, but there's lots of people coming into the marketplace who are keen to lend to businesses. Absolutely. The prime prime banks still are, but whether we like it or not, there is a criteria that will fit for them and you'll you'll get the better rates. Uh, But that doesn't mean that you should stop right there. It does mean that if you find somebody or a funder that can support you, that you might pay higher rates, but you can still get what you need to be done. We talked a little bit about... um, a little bit about security, and that most people, when we talk to them, their worry is is that people are going to want the house, mm-hmm. and what happens if if they can't repay it and things like that. And again, you know, I know each case is different, but what would you say to people who are looking to grow a business, but the banks ask them, and because they've got a house to put up some security mm-hmm. or put up a PG? Is there a stock response to that, or is it a, you know? how would you kind of respond to somebody when they're a bit
1: nervous going, I don't want to put my house up? Okay. I think the main thing to ask then is, is, to, is to the client, is do they have confidence in growing their business? Yeah. Because, you know, I wouldn't expect, you, over the years I've worked in banking, you have a lot of people that come, come to me and they wanted to go, right, I've got a great deal, and I want you to back me to 100%. Now, I can't imagine anyone just giving you a load of money just saying get on with it have a go you know it's got to be 50 50 and i don't think it's you know i don't think it's difficult for the banks or um a hardship of the banks to actually say that you know we'll support you but Mm -hmm. you know you've got to give something a little bit in return now if you haven't got that 50 percent cash towards the deal then you know what else have you got Mm -hmm. let's look at security and if it's your home then that is one way of doing it but only you the client can tell whether you have the confidence that this is going to grow. And I think it's quite actually a good thing in the fact that if you're nervous about it, then perhaps maybe it's not the thing to do.
0: Yeah, it's a really, really good point in that, you know, Gone are the days when you'd fund it 100% or, okay, you can do it 100% funded, but you're probably going to have to go to get private equity, give away yeah. some of your, the share of your business and therefore you've got to weigh that up as an option. Absolutely. And I think it's a really good point.
1: Around you can't it. have your cake and
0: eat it. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. You've got It's got to be around confidence levels. Absolutely. Um, and if you're really confident in the ability of the business, then actually putting an asset as part of it mm. is, is potentially what you need to do. So. We talked about security then, the risk, and I do agree a lot about confidence in, in that element. We then talked a wee bit about a couple of products, so the crowd, so it's about groups of people using a platform to put some money in and then get a return back in interest. Um, process similar to that of the banks,
1: but online most of it now, is that the way it works with people like Funding Circle? and. Yeah, a lot of it works online, um, and that's a great point you made there. Um, a lot of the banks out there over the last ten years, we've seen a the relationship manager, the the the, the old bank manager, the person who knew their knew their customer's business, is, is sort of moving away. So you know when I started in banking, it was, uh, I was we had relationship managers from any business that turned over two hundred and fifty thousand pounds or two hundred thousand uh, pounds. Now we're seeing a lot of business, a lot of banks actually moving away from that, and you have to sort of be turning over two million pounds. To access sort of that one to one support. Now, with a million businesses in the UK turning over under £2 million, um, there's going to be a lack of knowledge and a lack of expertise. And this is why I think it's so important that there's, um, there's go to people like our company and others out there that have got banking credentials, come from a banking background, that understand and can support their businesses or support their clients' businesses. And be independent, and I think that's where the growth of the market is going to be for us, mm. uh, in terms of supporting those businesses. Whereby you're the headless chicken, you're the guy who's doing the sales, the marketing, the HR, um, running around. And if a bank comes to you and goes, right, produce a business plan to get take some time out of your day to actually produce that, is. Cost is not cost-effective and sometimes daunting. Mm-hmm. So that's where we come in, and that's where we support businesses in terms of uh, providing that help.
0: Yeah, and it's a, again, it's, it's it's frustrating for some clients when in the past you could go and speak to your bank manager yeah. and then they say yes,
1: absolutely. You know, and
0: that. But as you said, that things have fundamentally changed since then. And actually, I think you know. For the better, because of the way the marketplace is right now. Absolutely. But actually, that okay, we don't have a bank manager, but that doesn't mean that the access to finance has dried out. It just means that, as you say, you need to find a specialist somewhere else who can get you the best possible deal.
1: There's a couple of points there. I mean, first point is is that one, obviously, if you've got a specialist who knows the marketplace, can obtain funding from all these people, but also um, to protect the client. Um, and one thing I say is because. Commercial finance generally is an unregulated market, so if you go to a specialist who understands the market, who's going to try and obtain finance for you, he understands that whether this, you know, the funder is, is good, that they basically they've, they've made a certain arrangements to make themselves um, perhaps regulated, or perhaps they, even if they're not regulated, that they are re- reputable in the marketplace, they're not going to create an issue for you. Yeah. So it's also protecting the client to make sure that they don't just access someone online, that they access someone who's correct and is going to support. It's a marriage of two, and it's mm. making sure that both of them work together, that the right fit is the right fit.
0: That's really good. So, so to, to finish off with then, Simon, what we always ask people is that, you know, as, as an expert in this field, so if, if someone who's listening to this or looking at it on social media and saying, actually, yeah, no, I, I think I, I would like to raise some money, and that could be for an asset or, or working capital and anything to hit their business plan, if there was one thing, if it was a couple, that you would give us kind of top tips, you know, for someone that, that they could take away from this, what, what would they be?
1: It'd be very difficult other than to say, just speak to a, <laughs> yeah. speak to a specialist. Yeah. But the main focus would be on your business. So, you know, really sort of question, do you need to finance what it's for? Um, you know, finance or, or getting credit uh, can be seen as not only daunting, but almost slightly sort of backwater in terms of, you know, People don't like to tell people they're getting finance. It's still a sort of a dirty word. You know, will it affect my business? Will people think bad of me because I'm obtaining yeah, finance? Yeah. Um, and I don't. The way I see it is that obtaining finance is an investment for your business. So if you're putting finance into your business, you need to make sure your business is going to grow by double or treble the amount you're borrowing for. Mm-hmm. It's quite simple. The conversations we have with our clients is to make sure that they have that 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 sort of mindset in place. You know borrowing is just not a quick way out. Borrowing is about a long-term investment in your business and when we sit down with our clients we make sure that they fully understand that basically it's to help with the growth of the business. It's not just a a quick end-all scenario just to give them some extra cash. So that I've seen it many times when when clients have gone out, yeah we need to grow our business etc and you go in there three months later and all of a sudden all the kettles have been changed to stainless steel. The director's got a nice new um, car out the back. Uh, again, with commercial finance, we've turned down funding because we haven't perceived it's quite correct for the client. So we make sure we speak to the clients and also the funders to make sure it is a correct fit because it really is an investment in your business. It's something taken seriously. You get advice from either your accountant as well as an expert business finance specialist um, and make sure that it is correct for you. It's not just about the short term, it's about the long term. Because after you've got the investment in, then you'll see the repayments going out, and you'll think two and a half years in, crikey, I've still got to pay this off. Mm. So it's got to be correct for you, and you've got to be growing your business at the same time.
0: I think it's good advice. I think, and I think it fits in with what what we we looked to to, to to give advice on on at Harland's. You know, it's around considering your strategy. Consider mm. your business plan, and therefore, once you've done that, it'll become apparent if, if, if raising finance is the right way. Yeah. Well, that's great. Thanks, Simon. So that was that was series two of uh, of our podcasts, all around helping people build better businesses. Keep an eye out on social media and uh, and and all other different platforms to learn more. But thanks, Simon. That's thanks great. for having me. Cheers. Bye Appreciate for now. It. Thank Cheers. You. Thank you.